Don't make this rookie mistake when hiring a property manager. On today's episode of Dental to Rental, we are talking about the main things to look for and how to do it when selecting this most important professional on your real estate investment team. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Dental to Rental. I'm your host, Mark Brower, where we go from cavities to cash flow. I've been a landlord for 20 plus years, own and operate a professional property management company with over 600 properties under management in Phoenix. And today we are wrapping up a mini series in this podcast about assembling your team. What is your all-star team that helps you Build Wealth Through Residential Real Estate. So let's get into it. Uh, one of my favorite books is by Dan Sullivan called Who Not How. It's phenomenal. Dan didn't even write the book. So he's emulating the principles of the book by not writing it. <laughs> he found another who to write the book. But he pioneered the thinking behind the concepts. And the thinking is when we're faced with a problem in life and business, especially we often ask our brains the question, how? How do I proceed? How do I go from cavities to cash flow? How do I move from not being a landlord, successful real estate investor to being a successful? Real- how do I go from zero rental properties to a portfolio of five or 10 great properties I'm proud to own that are building a legacy and financial stability for my family and my future? And the how, so I've tried to reprogram my brain Whenever I, I, I notice asking myself a, a how question, I try to reframe it to who, and then I try to feel optimistic, confident, uh, and anticipate that I'm going to find, I'm going to be able to find the who that will take me to that next step. Take me to that next step and shave years off the process of me learning it myself. If we ask a how question, there's a much slower path. We're still gonna get there eventually. But we ask a who question, man, that supercharges things. Puts us on the right path a lot faster. I'm gonna relate this to one other idea here. When I started as a real estate investor, when I became a landlord in my 20s, my thinking, small-minded thinking at the time was, I am a smart person. I can figure out how to write a lease agreement. I can figure out how to find a resident. I can figure out how to screen them. I can figure out how to collect rent, manage maintenance. I was right. I could figure those things out. But what I failed to appreciate and understand is that somebody, there are, there are many somebodies out there that had already figured those problems out and they were way better than I could possibly think of being in the first five years of being a landlord and they could have saved me not only a lot of time and headache, but also thousands, and in my case, probably tens of thousands of dollars in mistakes. So who is the rock star property manager that we can empower to be part of our investment team, our dream team? In previous episodes, we talked about finding a mortgage broker, right? Got to know what the numbers look like. Got to know what I can afford, what I qualify for. Got to know what kind of loan products are out there. I got to know what kind of down payment that I need to save up for. Once I've got that piece figured out and I've got a good loan, bro- uh, good mortgage broker that I'm really happy with, again, 
Pro tip, don't go to the big banks. Go to a mortgage broker or a private bank. Once I've got them in place, I also need a real estate agent slash property manager. If you're lucky, you'll find a property manager who's also a licensed real estate agent who does both. They can both help you buy the property and manage the property. So how do we find this person? What do they look like? What, you know, like what's their profile? Not literally what they look like, but what's their profile? How do we know if we're on the right track to working with the right property manager, real estate agent? So by the end of today's episode, my promise is that you should feel a little bit more confident in your ability to understand what this person is like, this person that could be an A player on your team, that could be the real estate agent slash property manager. By the way, there's a superpower when you find a real estate agent that's also a property manager, they understand the market in a different way. And there's a, there's, there's a, it's like a cheat code that you unlock that because if that property manager is going to be with you for years to come, they suddenly have a different incentive structure to help guide you to a better asset. What do I mean? Not only do they have the experience in the background of managing rental properties, which is super powerful um, to, to, to help guide you to the better performing assets, but there's no incentive for them or they should, there should be no incentive for them to be one and done with you, meaning uh, they don't have an incentive to be transactional. They're going to be relational with you. And that's what we've talked about in earlier podcast episodes is, is when we approach relationships from a transformational or a relational mindset, we're looking for long-term, mutually beneficial, high-trust partnerships with people. And in those partnerships, we can generously give and they can generously give, and the and the size of the pie grows so that there's an abundance, there's an excess for both parties. This was a huge breakthrough for me years ago when I realized that I didn't have to micromanage and scrimp and cut and transactionally minded think about how I could get the most so the other person would get the least. I had this wrong mindset where the pie was fixed and every time I moved the, the cut in the slice, I got more, they got less or vice versa. Not true. When you can find, when you can adopt a mindset where with an abundance mindset and a transformational relationship mindset in business, both parties can come together and feel like they're generously giving to each other and it creates like this overlap of value where I'm willing to give this, this person's giving this, and, and the win, there's a big buffer between it. So we're not barely meeting each other on a win-win on the margin. We've overlapped. There's meat on the bone left over for both of us. Um, so it's fulfilling, it's satisfying, and it's gratifying. There's a higher trust. Stephen M. R. Covey wrote the book, The Speed of Trust, and he talks about how in high trust relationships, there's a high trust dividend that gets paid out. In low trust relationships, there's a low trust tax. There's an abundance that's created when people with good character, with an alignment of vision and interests and high talent and a growth-minded, abundance-minded uh, minded mindset come together 
some beautiful things can happen. So if you approach relationships with your mortgage broker and your property manager in that manner, and you're looking for the right people, again, when you're looking to buy your rental property, if you can find a property manager that also doubles as your real estate agent, you have a distinct advantage because that person is going to be you're going to you're going to be partners with them hopefully for years. Are they going to want to put you in a rough asset, something in a rough part of town that's going to be difficult to lease out? No because that's gonna be harder for them to manage. Are they gonna put you into something that's higher drama? No, because they want their future life to be easier. Are they gonna put you in something that's negative cash flow? Or are they gonna lie to you about the cash flow? (laughs) Lie is a strong word. Real estate agents who are transactionally minded sometimes puff the numbers a little bit when they're helping you buy rental properties. We've seen it many times. We'll have a new client call us and say, hey, I'm under contract to buy this rental property. My agent says the rents will be $2,500 a month. Does that sound right? And we'll run the numbers and eh, it's $2,100 a month. That's the real story. Well, wouldn't it be nice to get the real story right up front because no one has a disincentive to sell you on something that's actually not going to come about. So... Look for, if you can find one, a real estate agent that's that's already an accomplished property manager. Not someone, here's another you know warning. Some real estate agents will say that they're a property manager because they actually manage rental properties, but it's a low-key side gig. It's like really not their main thing. Property management is deceptively simple. Did I say that the right way? It's a lot harder than you think. Not hard because it's like, oh, this requires a lot of brain power to figure out these tough problems. No, the problems are relatively simple most of the time. But the intentionality behind orchestrating hundreds of small tasks uh, is, is the complex part. And what we see often happen is when real estate agents who say, hey, I'm also a property manager and they manage like 10 to 20 properties on the side, they don't have anywhere near the tools and the experience, the know-how and the sophistication level that's, that's, that's needed, my opinion, to drive uh, a real impactful outcome. Um, we've spent years in my company here in Phoenix, Mark Rent, we've spent years, over a decade, assembling a stack of software technology tech stack that accomplishes everything from syndicating the marketing of the property out to four dozen websites to and by the way as i'm listing these these are questions that you can ask as you interview property managers how do you syndicate your marketing well we use a software called show mojo what does show mojo do it's specifically designed for professional property managers to disseminate our listings out to four dozen websites. Now, a good property manager will also tell you this. Well, there's not a lot of secret sauce in marketing the property because Zillow is such a dominant marketplace that 80 to 85% of the eyeballs are going to be on Zillow. This is true. However, 
Shomoju does other things for us. Shomoju is an example of a piece of technology that most realtors who are doing property management as a side gig aren't going to be using. They haven't been intentional enough to really go deep and get the right software to give you maximum exposure, but also to uh, draw in the data about how your listing is performing. They might list it on Zillow directly. They might post it to uh, their local multiple listing service. But ShowMojo does really cool stuff. Like it sends text messages immediately out to any prospect that views the listing and asks, it, uh, asks them to rate the property on four different criteria. That's valuable information. So if you can get, so that's one of the differences between uh, kind of a property manager that does it as a side gig and, um, you know, a real full-time intentional property manager, which is who you want. Here's a, here's a hack. Um, people have different opinions about this one, but this is my opinion. I feel pretty strongly about it. Yelp, Y-E-L-P, is a super reliable review uh, platform. Uh, I know from experience and watching my competitors that anyone can manipulate their Google business rating if they're intentional enough. They can bribe their current clients and tenants or worse, hire an overseas company to create hundreds of fake profiles the right fake reviews about their company. Sometimes it's obvious when they're, they're doing this. Other times it's not. Yelp. Yelp is a review platform that's extremely difficult to, to manipulate. Um, in fact, Yelp is so discriminating about the types of reviews that it will publish on what's called your front page that we have uh, I don't know, probably 100, 150 reviews, maybe close to 200 actual bona fide Yelp reviews from actual clients that didn't meet Yelp's high bar of stringent requirements to make it onto what's called our front page and they're on our back page. So, so they're so careful and discerning about filtering fake reviews that they are on the side of like even filtering real reviews. So Yelp has an algorithm where it determines whether someone's a real person. And they do this by finding out if they have real live con connections with other humans, <laughs> uh, Yelp friends, and how many other reviews and how long they've been on the platform. And all these things are weighted and there's some kind of secret black box, secret sauce behind it. Bottom line is every time we have gone out to hire a vendor. Let's say we need a new plumber, electrician, uh, drywall specialist, painter, whatever, because we cycle through these vendors. Put a pin in that. By the way, footnote, that's another reason. It's gonna be really impactful for you to find a real estate agent, property manager, that's really built a solid property management business. Those vendor relationships are gonna come in really key for you in the future. Back to Yelp. When I have, when we have needed to find someone new in a given category, Yelp has almost never failed us. So if you can, here's the hack, my recommendation. 
find a property management uh, management uh, property management company in your area that has a high Yelp rating. Make sure they have at least 20 Yelp reviews um, and that they are four stars and above. It's very rare, by the way. Property managers get beat up in their online ratings. And unfortunately, a lot of property managers say, well, that's just par for the course. Of course we get negative reviews. We manage, we kick people out of the house if they don't pay rent. What do you expect? If we didn't have negative reviews, we wouldn't be doing our jobs. I have a strong opinion to the contrary. I think that we can do our jobs effectively, effectively represent the landlord while still not pissing a bunch of people off and making enemies. And not only can we do that, it's vital that we do that to positively impact the industry. So if you're lucky <laughs> and the market that you want to invest in has a property management company that has over 20 Yelp reviews and it's they have four stars or above, definitely add them to the short list of people to interview and talk to. And then ask them questions like, uh, ask them, don't ask them, how long does it take you to rent my property out? <laughs> That's a silly question because any property manager, regardless how bad their systems are, can rent your property on one day if they just convince you to underprice it or it will never rent if the price is too high. So how fast can you rent my property? Not the greatest question. Instead, ask this question. Tell me about your process to market my property and solicit feedback. Ask them this question. What's the difference between self-showing, self self-access to residents, unaccompanied showings, and in-person showings? And what type of showings do you do? Ask them this question. What's your routine for helping me lease my property for the highest rent in the shortest amount of time? Break that down for me. What are the different elements that, that go into the right recipe or approach that will yield the optimal outcome for me? Ask them that question. Have them explain to you their process and approach. You want to interview people for competence and character. That's when you know you can trust someone. High character, high competence. High character, you find out over time and you kind of get a gut feel in the beginning, right? And you look at their reviews. Competence, on the other hand, you can, you can ask the right questions that will cause them to demonstrate competence. How do you guys handle it when my property floods? How likely is it that I'm going to be facing an eviction? What's your eviction rate on average? I knew a guy, Bob Preston, look him up. He sold his business to Pure in California. Bob, super successful property management company owner, zero evictions. What? Yeah, hundreds of properties under management, maybe over a thousand, never evicted a single resident. Why? Because Bob and his team were super, super good at negotiating with residents who are behind in rent to voluntarily vacate the property. That's amazing. What's your process for eviction? What's your process for rent collection? How, uh, what, what is the statutory requirement for notice for eviction? Has that changed in the last year? 
What are the most important legal issues facing property landlords in fill in the blank state where you're thinking of investing? You find your property manager who's also a real estate agent. And then you ask them, do you own any rental properties? What's the answer you want to hear? Yes, I do. <laughs> yes, I believe in this. Well, what type of properties do you own? Why did you buy them? And how have they performed for you? I'll give you my answer to that. I own newer build single family residential properties in emerging markets in the Phoenix Southeast Valley. Why? Because I like low drama and high stable cash flow and predictable maintenance costs. Now that's that's just my approach. Um, if you don't mind a little more drama, a little more risk, a little more uncertainty, and your property manager is up for dealing with more drama, uh, then you could buy something a little bit older, something in a little bit older part of town, something with higher cash flow. Just brace yourself and know that there are trade-offs. Usually the investors uh, being rewarded with higher monthly cash flow, it's because they're dealing with more drama, more repairs, less certainty, more variability in the performance of the asset, more risk. And I've, I know I've talked about this before in previous episodes, but don't underestimate the cost of your emotional uh, strain, stress. If, if uh, be kind to yourself, uh, find a property manager and a real estate agent who can guide you to the assets that will perform very well with low drama even if there's slightly lower cash flow than what this agent over here is telling you uh, because those B and C class assets have to throw off more cash flow because they're more drama and they're, they're more risky. Okay. So to recap, uh, the, the, the most important, so after your mortgage broker, the most important part of your all-star team to get into real estate investing, who, not how, is to get a property manager slash real estate agent who owns rental properties themselves, who can explain to you exactly how they do things in a way that impresses you uh, and confirms that they are competent. Use Yelp as a hack. If you can find someone with over 20 reviews that has four, four and a half stars and above in your market, consider yourself lucky. It's rare, but that person definitely deserves a spot on your short list. After you've gotten to this point where you got your, your pre-qualification letter from your mortgage broker and you've got your um, real estate agent slash property manager, you've got your team ready. You know how much money, cash you need for your down payment. You know approximately how much cash you need to get your property rent ready after you close it. And you know approximately what that property is going to rent for. Hopefully your very honest property manager partner now has given you a worst case scenario. By the way, strongly recommend running your numbers on a worst case scenario. Let's pause on that point for a moment. If your property manager says, yeah, well, I think this is going to rent for $2,500. Absolutely. We are going to start asking rent at $2,500 after you close this property. Great. That's wonderful. But what's, in your opinion, 
your 95% confidence interval on a worst case scenario. Ooh, well, uh, man, that, that well, that might, that might be 2,200, you know, 2,100, you know, I could see maybe worst case scenario. Great. I'm using 2,100 in my pro forma. The numbers still work for me, then, you know, I'll be happy to move forward. Definitely make plans on a worst case scenario and then always uh, try a little bit, you know, higher than that. You never know if your new listing is going to be just down the street from some ideal resident's best friend. And they've been looking in this neighborhood and they will overpay because they got to snap this up before somebody else does. Give yourself the opportunity to do that. Give yourself the chance of getting lucky and getting that high rent. But run your numbers and be pragmatic and run your numbers on something that, you know, your property manager truly is confident is a worst case scenario. I'm going to give you just a couple more steps into the future of what this could look like. Uh, I strongly recommend going in person with your real estate agent, your property manager for at least a half day, three hours, no less, and walk through some of the properties. Do the analysis on paper first. Have them show you, here's what the rents are, here's how this is gonna perform, here's a budget of how this is gonna perform month, month in and month out. Rents minus management fee, minus landscaping cost if applicable, pool uh, upkeep cost if applicable, sometimes not, mortgage, principal, interest, taxes, and insurance payment, the full thing, and HOA fee if the, the home is in an HOA. Okay, what's my net? Now subtract out 5% vacancy, 10 to 15% of the annual revenue for repair allocations, and another 7 to 10% for capital improvements. What are capital improvements? Saving for the future roof replacement. Again, we're thinking of real estate investing as a multi-decade inter enterprise. It's a multi-decade journey. That's the long-term mindset we need to have coming into this asset class. So should we be saving for the next roof? Absolutely. Shame on us if we come to a roof replacement thinking, oh crap, where am I going to get the money for this? Okay. So take out for vacancy loss, take out for normal wear and tear repairs, and take out for capital improvements. Now what's my net? So make sure that you've run this analysis and then talk to your CPA and your tax professional. That, that Hopefully you already have that person in place. That person will be able to tell you what tax benefits you qualify for. My CPA has me writing off depreciation on my rental property every year. Put it on a 27 and a half year schedule, just the improvements, not the land. And I'm writing that off of each of my rental properties. I'm also writing off mortgage interest. I'm writing off the property management fee. I'm writing off the repairs. Check with your tax professional. Um, can't give tax or legal advice to you, but there's significant tax benefits you may qualify for that will boost that monthly cash flow analysis. Okay, so you do all that and then you go out, you do that on paper first and then spend a half day in the field, in the market, with your agent property manager walking properties, I find for new investors, this significantly boosts your confidence. You saw it on paper, now you're seeing it live. Go to two or three, four different neighborhoods, see at least four different properties, maybe five, and then have you know a physical real world 3D experience, contextual experience, connecting you back to that, that stuff that you did 2D on paper and on the computer screen. Now, 
whether you make an offer on any of those properties you saw that day or not, now usually your confidence is at a higher tier. And and then what I do with clients is uh, they'll hit me up, you know, they'll text me when I'm their agent representing them. They'll text me and say, hey, I like this property. How does it perform? I'll do a really quick analysis. Here's the numbers. Yeah, that sounds good. Do you like the area, Mark? Yes, I like the area. I like that neighborhood. I'm going to go preview it for uh, preview that property for you. My client doesn't have to fly into town every time we look at a new property. I go preview it. I do a walkthrough video, upload that to YouTube or whatever, send it to them and say, I like this home at anything under this price because the performance, the financial performance is good. It's a great neighborhood, et cetera. And then pretty soon we're making offers. Then you get under contract and that's a whole nother story. Um, and they'll guide you through that process if they're really good. This has been really fun. This is my first podcast ever. This is actually my final episode of this first season. I don't know if I'm going to do season two <laughs> yet. Part of it depends on how many people watch and listen to this podcast. So if you liked this podcast, send me some comments, send me some notes, put them, put them here. I'll be checking and then we'll, we'll look at those and we'll determine if we're going to launch another season. Thank you so much. Good luck, dentists, dentist friends that I've never met. Good luck to you guys on your, on your journey to real estate wealth abundance. Thanks again for joining us on the season finale of Dental to Rental. For more information and tips and guides of how to embark in your real estate investing journey, check out the details in the show notes below. We'd love to hear from you and help you progress with your real estate wealth building journey.